Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, Lionel Richie. Now, I just can't get enough, Depeche Mode, of these top ten. But sometimes, Erasure, we get put under pressure, Queen and David Bowie, to relax. Frankie goes to Hollywood. And time after time, Cindy Lauper, I just want to shout, Tears for Fears, and jump, Van Halen. Don't you want me, Human League, to start the jam? Of course you do. Here's Neil. He was born to be my baby, Bon Jovi, with 10 80s songs facts. Go on, Neil. You're the best, Tina Turner. Ah, oh, thank you very much, Pab. So here we go. What I thought we'd delve into today is the biggest selling songs from the 80s from both the UK and the USA. So at number 10, we have Come On Eileen by the Dexys Midnight Runners. That was the UK. And then the American one was Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band. The ninth biggest selling songs in both countries were The Power of Love by Jennifer Rush. And Lady, Kenny Rogers. And then the eighth biggest selling song was Careless Whisper by George Michael in the UK. And Call Me Blondie in the USA. Oh, hang on. <laughs> the, the seventh biggest song in the UK was Karma Chameleon by Culture Club. And in America, it was Billie Jean, Michael Jackson. The sixth biggest selling single was Last Christmas by Wham. And in the USA was Paul McCartney's <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. It's like I have an introduction. <laughs> and then the fifth biggest song, song in the UK in the 80s was Don't You Want Me by The Human League. And in the USA, it was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts, I Love Rock and Roll. <laughs> and then the fourth biggest selling song for the 80s in the UK was Two Tribes, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. <laughs> and The Police, Every Breath You Take in the USA. <laughs> I just like that one. I just like that drop. <laughs> 
the third biggest selling song of the 80s in the UK was I Just Called to Say I Love You, Stevie Wonder. And Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie in the US. And the second biggest selling song in the UK was Relax, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. And Kim Carnes, Betty Davis Eyes in the US. Oh, great song. So, the biggest selling song in both, in the UK, sorry, was Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. And in the US, it was Olivia Newton-John's Physical. Oh. (gasps) Just realised the song that I've missed off my top ten. Thank you very much, Neil. That's a pleasure. There's going to be loads. I know, it's a gift that keeps on giving this top ten. And this top ten, we have Anna. One of our Patreon subscribers to thank for this top 10. Thank you so much. Hello, Anna. I apologize. It was <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I apologize for the snort and the laughter when you, you killed me with all of those 80s references, the song title references. Oh, sorry awesome. about that. Yeah. Took ages Hello, to work that. Hello, Hi. So yeah, what you should have done, Pab, is not given the names of the people and we could have played a little game to see who could have named them. Oh, I could have done. I had like see? three or four different ones all written out and I threw them all away. But but there you go. Yeah, next time. When I do when I, I do that, next time we will, uh, we the will sort it out. The part two. We are, yeah, so this, as Anna said, this was, again, we've had a couple of these lately of the hardest ones we've had to do. I think my first list definitely had at least 50 at least 50 songs. And I think if I did my top 10 again tomorrow, it'd be completely different. I think it just depends on how you're feeling at the time. So Anna, you sort of said you struggled a little bit. How, how, how did you, do you feel that you've got your correct top 10 or do you feel like like me, it could change next week? It could change in 10 minutes. (laughs) Really change when you say something, I could just kind of wiggle my mouth over here and, make an edit because it was so challenging and but also a very nice stroll down memory lane and so most of mine are picked based off of how I saw when I looked at the title and oh yeah that was a good one from that year Mm. so because I selected by year and then put 10 together for each representing one year just I'm a weirdo but yeah it was a nice stroll definitely yeah neil yeah it was it was i i mean i god knows how many songs i wrote down on my notebook it was loads and loads and i I didn't know a formula to work out and then i went back to my tried and trusted and went onto my playlists and saw the most listened to of them and i thought well they'll do that'll do and it'll change next week yeah it'll probably change tomorrow if i was to do it again i just had to stick with it and say nope yeah no well literally one of the things you said in your in the in the facts made me think, ah, oh, shit, I should have put that one in. So I, <laughs> yeah. I could almost change it as we go. I'm going to try and play a little bit of each song as as we're all talking about the songs. So um, uh, that'll be playing behind what we're all saying. So we're here. Let's get on with it. Anna, give us your number ten, please. My number ten is "I Want to Be Adored by the Stone Roses." Oh, great right. song great song oh i forgot it but great song <laughs> thanks so long ago it was uh the year i graduated high school it came out so hmm. yeah long time ago right 89 mm. it probably was well i mean it's going to be hopefully somewhere in the 80s <laughs> yeah no, it is yeah 
I did my research. <laughs> yeah. So, good a big um, Stone Roses fan? Not necessarily. It was just the the song was very timely. Um, it was actually something my brother called to my attention, and I was we always had very similar taste in music, and it was kind of we would rock out together with it when it came on. So it just like I said before, a lot of it was just where it stood in my memory. So. Mm-hmm. Something I really enjoyed. I've yeah. never been a Stone Roses fan. Do you I don't know. know. Like one or two songs. Me. It surprises me, pal. What? I'm really not Stone does. Roses. Yeah. Fan. Why? I mean, there's a lot of like links between them and Oasis. Some of the sounds and things like that. Definitely. Now, Stone Roses is Ian Brown on yeah vocals, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, I could never get into his like style of singing. Right. It always seemed to be very sort of monotone, sort of like one. Mm. But I don't know. I mean, like I say, it's, I've, I've spoken to so many people that are like a massive Stone Roses fans, and they just buy into Stone Roses completely. Yeah. But, but when they yeah, reformed I've... and did their um, latest tours, whenever it was pre-COVID, they were huge, weren't they? It was Wembley Stadium-sized venues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh wow. They were massive when they came back. So. But then didn't um, the Ian Brown did some solo stuff as well, didn't he? A lot of solo stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird because they were definitely of the whole Manchester scene, weren't they? Where, where, who else was it? You had a Stone Roses, obviously Oasis, and the, yeah, there was a um, the whole Britpop thing, wasn't it? Yeah, That's it was, what it was. Literally, it was, whole... it was. They were like the birth of Britpop. To yeah, me. yeah. There at the beginning, so. Okay. Well, that's a good way to start. That's a good way to start. See, look, number 10's done, Anna. It's done, and it's out the way. (laughs) Go on, Neil. You're number 10. Uh, Mine's The Cure, In Between Days. Okay. Which is probably not the song that a lot of people would have chosen of The Cures, but it's the one that I've listened to the most on my playlist. But I like it. It's a bit more upbeat than their usual stuff. I mean, I do love The Cure anyway. It's um, a great song. Yeah. I saw the Cure Love and Rockets and the Pixies at Dodger Stadium like in 88, 89. Oh, it was an awesome tour. Envious. Envious. Trying to get tickets for the Cure now is, you, I don't know how you get them because they sell out in seconds. But I think they're an awesome live band and an awesome band. But that song yeah. just, yeah, it's, 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 you know, a bit more of an upper one for them. And yeah, I just really like it. It's sort of like it's part of my soundtrack to the eighties. It's what I remember because um, I remember buying the vinyl, staring at the sea, um, the, the greatest hits, their eighties one, mm-hmm. and just <clears throat> which I've still got to this day on um, the same vinyl, and I still play it. It's a great album. You don't realize how many great tracks they had in the eighties. It's the first vinyl I ever bought at Tower Records with my own money. Really. really? So- yeah, I think, was that 85, 86? When yeah, yeah about 86, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was like 15. So would you say that The Cure, because The Cure are massive in America, aren't they? They are, they are like... Absolutely, yeah. Are they yeah, bigger in sure. America than in Britain, do you think, Neil? Um, I I, that- no, I think they're about the same. I think worldwide they're huge. If you look at like their European tours, they sell out within seconds. I, I might be mistaken, and somebody will correct me, um, I think they're the band that holds the record for selling out, is it the Hollywood Bowl, the fastest? Wow. Mm. I don't know that, but it sounds interesting. Wow. Yeah, their tickets, I mean, when they did Hyde Park a few years ago, I tried to log on and they were gone within an hour and a half. 
Yeah. They were just gone. I thought, well, I'm not paying the extra fee to buy a resale, but no, no. Yeah, Another one thing, day. Yeah. Well, look, as everybody knows, if they've listened to the musical versions of our podcast, I'm not the most cutting edge when it comes to my choices of music. As you'll find out, as you'll find out with my top ten, you'll find out that I'm a I'm a soppy apeth, as we say in America, as we say in the UK, um, Anna. Um, when it comes to music, as like I say, you'll you'll find out on my top ten. Okay, so that was your number ten, then Neil. Uh, Just a quick my, question, Pav. Yes. Just, do you like the Cure though? I, I like some of their songs, but I like. Right. I'm one of these people that's like I like some of the hits. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I've delved really deep into the Cure. I mean, Love Cats is a great song. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday, I'm in Love is a great song, but I didn't even realize that that. I've heard that song that you've chosen before, but I didn't realise it was called In Between Days. Oh, there you go. So I've heard, so there you go. I've learned something already. Always learning. Always. That's this podcast, Neil, where everybody is always learning. Okay, my number 10 is um, from a duo, Daryl Hall and John Oates. It's Out of Touch, which now I've loved Daryl Hall and John Oates for I don't know how long, because it was one of those groups that my mum and dad would always play on a Sunday morning. And for some reason, this is the song that I absolutely adore. They've done so many good... Private Eyes is a great song. Man Eater is a great song. And his voice is just to die for. He's got one of the most soulful voices I think you'll ever hear in your life. Um, But yeah, Out of Touch is my favourite Daryl Hall and John Oates song. And it was the one out of my top ten that could have easily have dropped out. And there were like 40 others that could have been number ten. But for me, oh, it's a great song. It's just a great song. It is great and it's a song. great version. Um, Daryl Hall did a uh, a video series when it was like live from Daryl's house or something. It's on YouTube. And he did an yeah. amazing version of this with uh, Katie Tunstall. And she's there playing the glockenspiel or whatever it is, doing the ding, 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 ding bits. Fantastic. If you get a chance to watch that, I'll put that on the video playlist for our uh, Patreon. It's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah. That's my number 10. Um, Anna, your number nine then, please. The Dead Heart Midnight Oil. Oh, okay. I'm only familiar with the hit that they had. To bed I was going to say, yeah. Which was, I was what? like, that, that was one of their hits. I thought it was. Or maybe it was just over here in the States. So It could well have been, but no. I, I, I liked what I've heard of theirs anyway, Midnight Oil. He's got a very distinctive voice, hasn't he? Yeah, because yeah. bed, beds are burning was the... Was that the big mm-hmm. That's kind of the yeah. one everyone knows, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. See, again, that's one of the bands that I, I'm assuming that they're bigger in America than they would have been... I'd say bigger in America than they would have been in the UK, but massive in, in Australia. That's right. Their homeland, so... That's They're right. classed as a one-hit wonder in this country a little bit, which is sad because they didn't... It really? Wasn't, yeah, because they only had the one hit here, but people forget, you know, across the globe, they were huge. It definitely happens often. Mm. Yeah, he did have a very distinctive voice. Yeah. Didn't very. he? Very distinctive, yeah. Yeah. I saw them live once at the uh, Universal... I think it was called the Gibson Amphitheater in Los Angeles, and it was, they were fantastic. So, I mean, again, that's the only little bit that I've heard of that. Is, is their music very similar? Are they, are they all that kind of driving sort of rock sound? Yeah, kind of a um, 
somewhat of a political voice too of human rights and just you know being a good citizen of the world kind of mode um i just i i really enjoy things that have like a rock aspect in a sense but that'll change vastly when we get through my <laughs> my list because um when you get into the earlier 80s and stuff but definitely you know a, a strong uh baseline and a good drummer and i married a drummer so Wow, well, there you so, go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So I'm assuming all of your top 10 will be drum-based, will it? It's yeah, got... <laughs> not necessarily, but, you know, I do appreciate a good drummer. Right, okay. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number nine. So it's an ACDC track, and it's You Shook Me All Night Long. Nice. <clears throat> I'm I'm an ACDC fan. I've been to see them live, and I've done that. Um, I, I like them. I think they're heavy metal that's accessible to everyone. Does that make sense? Um, but this song, it doesn't even feel... It's just rock, isn't it? It's not even like metal or whatever, this song. And it's obviously Bon Scott before he uh, yeah. sadly left us. Um, I keep getting asked, who do I prefer, Bon Scott and or Brian... Um, what's his name? Um, Johnson. Brian, I, what's his name? Yeah, Brian Johnson. <laughs> I had a real brain fart then. That's, I that's, for, that's total respect, isn't it, for a, a band's lead singer? Yeah, Brian Johnson. Well, obviously Axel Rose stepped in for the tour because Brian Johnson can't do it now with his hearing. Mm. Um, so I was lucky enough to see him with Brian Johnson. I think they've both got their merits. I don't think one's better than the other. I, I like their both their stuff. They are both different, but... It's so who, so who's singing this one? That's Bon Scott on that one. He sounds just like Brian. What's his name? Well, Brian Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think had more of a croaky voice. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Than uh, Bon Scott. So, another Australian band. There you go. Indeed. And if you don't like ACDC, there's just something wrong with you. So- I have. Do you like ACDC? Right, I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying I don't like ACDC. I'm saying <laughs> I've never really listened to ACDC. In general, if somebody doesn't like ACDC, that they, they just don't know how to have a good time. I know it right. excludes a lot of people, but how do you not? How do you listen to TNT and stay in your your chair? You yeah, exactly. You yeah, must know I, that song that I'm playing there. No, I've yeah yeah. Well, there's now. Did they do? What's the, did they do in Thunderstruck? What was the Iron Man song from Iron from Iron Man? Oh God! What's the word? Din, 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 din. Oh, back in black. Back in black. Yes. Was that, oh, I was thinking. I was trying to. I was about to say no. Black Sabbath. Did yeah, Iron no. Black Man. Sabbath did this song called Iron Man, but they yeah. did. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure that I would really like ACDC, but I've never really listened. I will listen. Mm. I, I promise. They've never <laughs> done the greatest hits, have they? Have they not? No, they've had um, compilations, like when they did the soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive, the Stephen King-directed film with Emilio Estevez. There's Taking You Back, about the lorries and vehicles and electrical items that got possessed and attacked people. Right. It's sort of like... <laughs> not that old trope. Yeah. Yell. So that, that, um, that, if you ever got the vinyl for that, if oh, it's probably rare as Rocking Horse Poo now, but if you ever got the vinyl for that, that had a lot of the like what I'd say was the greatest hits put on there, but it oh, was right. classed as a soundtrack. Well, I, I will have a listen to them tomorrow at work. Yeah. I will have a listen to them tomorrow. I mean, so it, what's the what's the most accessible album, or what's the album you say you should listen to, both of you? Go on, Anna, what would you say is the best album to listen to from ACDC? 
you know, I'm going to be horrible in answering this because I will just pull up my songs on my Spotify. Right. Okay. And create my own playlist. So, because they're not necessarily the greatest hits mm. per se, but. Highway I, to Hell, maybe. I, yeah. Highway to Hell is probably a great place to start. And if you, if you drive at all, it would be a great uh, listening album to, to drive in right okay you're driving suggest, in the country yeah <laughs> but you gotta blare it as well but what i would yeah. suggest is going on your streaming service and when they say top songs go from there right then you'll get all the best songs from the albums because not every album track is a classic or you need to be a fan if you know what i mean right so i would say go with the top songs and then Right. And is it are they also one of those bands a little bit like say Crowded House where there's a lot of songs by them that you think I've heard that before, but you don't oh, necessarily yeah. know the ACDC. For sure. Yeah, easily. Right. Easily. Okay. And they're one of these bands that they are huge live again. If yeah. you ever get to see them. I mean, I saw them in Wembley Stadium and that they don't play anything smaller. Um yeah, a great band to see. Well, if you ever get the chance, if they ever do it again, fantastic. Mm. But I believe Axel Rose was really good. Everybody said he really stepped in and was very, very good. All right. Okay. Okay. Another thing to add to my homework list, but I shall. I should <laughs> give it a try. Okay. My number nine is a song that I only recently sort of fell back in love with. Um, it's Avalon by uh, by Roxy Music. Oh, great song. Um, I didn't realise just how great this song was. I can't even remember what it was that made me... I think I must have seen Brian Ferry on something. I thought, oh, yeah, let's have a little, little, little listen to some of the songs. Was it to do with their... Reu- they've reformed, haven't they, and gone back out... They're going back out on the road, so it might be to do with that. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know. I didn't realise that. Roxy Music have reformed, yeah. Because I did look on YouTube to see when the last... I think in, like, 2020, they played. he played the Royal Albert Hall. Mm. sounded amazing. I mean... He, He's always one of those guys that's always looked really, really... doesn't matter. Even, like, now, I don't know how old he is. He must be getting on for 70 or... Still looks very, very cool. Yeah, he still looks very, very cool. He was always really (laughs) dapper and looked like a true English gent, but just had this almost James Bond look about him. He could have been a James Bond when he was younger. Well, let's, not in his He's, glam not in his glam days. Well, maybe not in his glam <laughs> days, yeah. <laughs> I mean, my name's Bond, glam Bond. I don't think that yeah. would quite work, would it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got a... It's a very simple song. I mean, I don't know who it, who the lady is that's singing, does the, you know, the wailing in it, but mm. it's a beautiful song. And it's got that atmosphere of it's the end of the night, it's like an end of the night sort of smoochy song um, in the discos when I was little, little when I was younger. That I used to go to and just sit on the side because no lady would like to to Aww. dance with me. <laughs> oh, get the violins! Get the violins! But I think um, Brian Ferry did the best cover version. Uh, oh, well, Jealous, guy. Jealous guy. I think yeah. it's better than Lennon's. I'm sorry to have to say. Yeah, no, I would agree. It's a little bit more produced as well, wasn't it? Well, yeah, but. Okay, that was my number nine. So, Anna, your number eight, please. My number eight is Stay by Oingo Boingo. Right. Now, you're going to have to explain to us who Oingo Bongo... Oingo Bongo. I was worried about that because I know they were were huge in the States. They're a Los Angeles band. Um, Danny Alfman's band, if you're familiar with any of... What did he... I mean, he composes every music score and music right. movie that's out there. So just did the um, uh, Doctor Strange 
Um, yeah, and uh, what it wasn't he just playing Coachella this yeah, a couple did, yeah. weeks ago, and he's just he's a musical madman in my eyes. I just adore him. But that song in high school, playing at the dances, it was just it brings back a lot of really fond memories. So who? So again, for, I mean, I've never heard any songs by Oingo Bongo. Who would they? Who oh, would you compare uh, Dead them Man's to? Party. Okay. Or who would I compare them to musically? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to because they have such a unique sound and a really large horn section and rhythm section. So there's they're just really one in their own. I'd say they lean towards more mm, alternative and a little with the horn section, like a ska influence. But they're just awesome. And when you think of... Um, like uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, you know, Goodbye, Goodbye, the big ending. Those, their songs are just so memorable and uh, Dead Man's Party and it's just, it's everywhere. Weird Science, did you guys ever catch yeah, yeah. the movie Weird oh, yeah. Science? Yeah, so I'm gonna there's to, a lot. Yeah, that, that's definitely bit. something that should go in into the playlist for you. That it's definitely one of those mind. things that, that I, whenever I used to listen to Kevin and Bean, like the podcast, they would yeah. mention... Uh, Oingo Bongo and the, I'm sure there are hundreds and hundreds of other bands that never made it over to Britain that I've got yeah. that's one thing I've always thought about the hundreds of songs out there that I've never heard that could be the best song I've ever heard in my life do you know because well, so I, I I totally understand that because I'll watch uh, Graham Norton on, on Friday nights here and he'll have a musical artist on and I'm completely lost yeah yeah you know and everyone knows them and everyone's cheering for them and it's beautiful music but totally lost on me then i add it to my playlist yeah that but that's the beauty of it now isn't it is that you haven't got to go and spend money on a on a single you can just just download it and it's there and um that's the beauty and again it's the, the beauty of doing a podcast like this is that we can learn about different things that we would never have known about before so there's one for us definitely uh neil you're number eight then please so this is a rediscovery for me a little bit after seeing them live a few years ago. Um, it's Fleetwood Mac, Big Love. Now, after watching Lindsay Buckingham do it on his own on stage, um, I love that song. So I went back to Tango in the Night and re-listened to the album and fell in love with it, and particularly that song. I really like that song, um, both versions. Um, but I don't think there's much more so I can say. It's a classic, isn't it? Um, especially his live version. You a Fleetwood Mac fan, Anna? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Well, and probably more so Stevie. Yeah. You know, she's for the girl power and all that that it oh, is. Yeah. But she's beautiful. Stevie, yeah. she is beautiful. She's yeah, just... I'll find the, the live version and put it on the, the video playlist because it is a thing of absolute spellbinding wonder to see Lindsay Buckingham with just the guitar yeah. doing an acoustic version of this song just yeah, on It's his amazing. Own. I mean, it the hairs amazing. on my arms went up when I saw him do it live. It was just phenomenal. Um, you know, it's a real party piece for him, but, oh, what? And he's got a very unusual way of playing that guitar as well. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. unusual. It's, it's very finger-picky, but with his thumb, <clears throat> mm. a little bit Mark Knopfler-ish, but so much more technical than that. It's yeah, amazing. It, I could watch him just on his own without yeah, no I completely agree but a great great song yeah but is that your favourite song out of the um, in the Night I think Hang it is album. at the moment but since like I said since I saw it live it's just 
it, you know, whether I watch it live or listen to it off the album, completely two completely almost completely different songs, really. But I just love it. I really love that song. It's a very strong song for them. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, my number eight. You can't have an eighties countdown without Madonna. You have to have Madonna in there um, for all of whatever it is that she's going through now, and the fact that she she was somebody that would change her image every so many years um i've gone for like a prayer uh by madonna it is just one of those songs i've never got tired of listening to it it's uplifting the video was like controversial but great but so good so good so, i can see it in my head so so good yeah and, and it was one of those things she always and she, I, I suppose she still does um court controversy and you could tell that she was she wanted to tug the strings of controversy with nearly every shot of that video. Yeah. But it was backed up with an absolutely amazing song. And I think this was her at her absolute peak. Um, I mean, I, I think True Blue was before this, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah. Um, I, I would agree. But this, this song is her absolute peak. And, but again, a bit, bit like, say, U2, where they, you, they, although U2 never changed their sound so much but madonna just reinvented herself every time and every time she seemed to just hit it absolutely perfect for that time maybe not so much now yeah but but, you know i was gonna say she was very clever at picking the uh, producers of the time wouldn't she if you think about it going well all the way through her career she's very clever yeah noticing talent picking it up and using it to her advantage, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, she's a great, you know, a songwriter, if you like, because I'm sure there was a team as well. But she knew what was right for that particular era, yeah. you know, whether it's her image, the sounds of her music, um, doing it live. Mm. Just, I mean, you you got to have total um, respect for, for Madonna. And I don't think a top 10 in the 80s can't, you can't, you got to have Madonna in there. Um I never saw her live. That was one thing. I'd always love to have seen her live. You still might be able to. No, I don't think I'd want to, mate. <laughs> I think you're all right. I'm with you on that. I've, I've yeah. seen her in the flesh, Madonna. Right. When I was at um, college in London back in the very early 90s, it was at the time where she would go off running around Hyde Park and be right, followed okay. by, you remember the mass of people? Is this the and Guy Ritchie days, is it? Was no, it? before that. Before, oh, right. Well before okay. that. Um you know, she was surrounded probably by as many bodyguards as there were people watching. Um, and by the hotel, um, I was near this hotel, and there was all these people just gathered around. And I thought, what is going on? It was like something was happening. I thought, oh. So I climbed up on the wall to look over. I mean, all I saw was the blonde hair. Right. And somebody went, oh, it's Madonna, mate. I was like, okay, well, I've seen her head. <laughs> well, there you go, then. <laughs> I could have been really naughty and said, you're not the only one that's just seen Madonna's head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Anna, your number seven, please. Uh, it is, and I don't even know where these guys come from. Jean uh, loves Jezebel's desire. Jeannie right. Loves Jezebel. We know oh, yeah. Jay, the lead singer. We are, yeah, we, we, we're pals with Jay. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we... Uh, they do a, a, a festival in the town that we live, and that was the very first one, I think it wasn't it, Neil? 
Uh, second. Second came. one. He turned up yeah. and did an acoustic set, and we sort of hit it nice. off. Nice. Well, he's a he's a Tottenham Hotspur fan, so Neil. Uh, is a Tottenham Hotspur fan, um, football. Uh, and we have wise, a little banter still to this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. He's a lovely yeah, he's guy. He is a really fantastic. lovely guy. They've um, been on tour. I'm always a little reserved when it comes to meeting somebody that I rather enjoyed their music because one bad encounter could ruin how many albums for me, and I just I tend to shy back mm. if I see somebody that i like you i'll tell you with jay or you you won't be disappointed anna he's just he is such a lovely guy honestly he's so That's giving awesome. as well yeah. I, I although i said good morning to a perry Farrell one day uh, <laughs> coming out of a hotel in san diego five o'clock in the morning and we're crossing paths and i just <gasps> <laughs> yeah it was a moment yeah it is weird that thing isn't it when you're you you face to face with somebody that you absolutely respect and love and well we met kevin smith didn't we neil yeah. he did a, a oh live, my goodness yeah we went backstage huge and met him. kevin smith fan yeah and it was just weird because you've done nothing but listen to him on podcasts and watch his movies and then all of a sudden he's there in front of you and he just looks like a normal person making but, you give him a hug yeah, yeah, it was him and Ralph Garman was was because it was a Hollywood. Oh, nice! Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Babylon uh, podcast. But so yeah, it's just so nice and so so nice to chat to. And I mean, he's probably high as a kite, but that's that's. Well, they hey, have such I... good chemistry together, he and Ralph. Yeah, I, they I do. I love them. I love him and Jay. I I love uh, how he and his wife, you know, uh, just their energy together. He's just a great dude. Yeah, we it was great because well, well, we met we? Jay. Jay was there. Uh, Jen was there. We met. Yeah, Aww. which is a little story I'd like to say. Yeah, go on. Then. <laughs> I said to Jen, was sat on the sofa where we were talking. I said, "Come on, have a picture." And she said, "No, only if you give me a kiss." <laughs> to me, <laughs> and I, I did. I got pictures to prove it. I yeah. gave her a kiss, and she yeah. came up. Then Pav asked, and she said, "No, <laughs> no." I think it's because I looked too much like her husband. I think that's what it was. <laughs> I think I was like, you know, this big guy with beard. And I think, oh, no, she has, I have enough of that. I just want to have a kiss with the weedy oh, well, guy. Yeah, I, I totally think that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> I'll let me have a kiss with the one that looks like a bit of a dork and I'll, I'll just change no. it. <laughs> that's what I try and tell myself to make myself feel yeah. better. That's you sleep better now, yeah, for I sure. do, I do. Uh, well, next time we see um, Jay, we'll, uh, we'll say that there's a fan that wants to say hello. Yeah. Oh, please do. Yeah, that was uh, that and heartache and just, I mean, they're, they are songs of like my senior year in high school that just, mm. they still weigh heavy. Anna, you want to look out because they're on tour in America right now. I'm wondering, so I bought tickets for the Lost 80s show and I'm wondering if they're part of that lineup. So I know the supposedly the someone from the English Beat is supposed to be in there. Right. Last time I was there, they had some the motels and, and just really great. Yeah, but no, they're doing a very extensive tour of the US. So yeah, have a look at some dates. I'm I'm writing it down. (laughs) And then COVID brain does not allow me to remember much. So I'm with you on that. With you on that. Uh, Go on then, Neil. Your number seven, then, please. So this is one I think one of their most beautiful songs. It's you two and with or without you. Uh, I just uh, it reminds me of my grandmother who was a real fan of this song bizarrely she knew it obviously where i've been playing it so it's it's got sort of sentimental reasons behind it but i absolutely love this song i think it's beautiful and i don't think it's aged at all you know i think it's just still good still a good song i know some people are not u2 fans i've been meeting more and more people that can't bear u2 
And I say, I say to them, what, even the 80s stuff, which is probably their finest stuff. And they're like, yeah, can't be doing it. I find that really odd, really odd. I thought they'd done a song for pretty much everyone. They're that yeah. sort of band, aren't they? But Yeah. And this is one of the famous just four-chord songs. Mm. Same four chords over and over again. But it's one. I think it's Bono's voice in this. Is oh just, yeah, yeah, just brilliant, brilliant, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. I think he's one of the ones that has um, has fallen into the trap. But his voice isn't as strong as it used to be. No, not I've as been bad. Going as through bon a little Jovi. bit of a YouTube uh, tip with this. With I don't know if any, either of you guys have seen the Bon Jovi. Oh, I have. I was watching a whole program on it. That, um, it, it's so sad because he's he just it's terrible. It's just shocking. Yeah, are you a Bon Jovi fan at all, Anna? Uh, like, they're hits. It was a little too... You know, in that formative time in your life when you're like, you have to pick a side, heavy metal or, yeah. or punk or alternative, and yeah, I went, you know, the other way. So, But I I like him. I, I remember he... I think he did a movie or so and was in Sex and the City. And That's when right. his hits come on, you can't not dance no that's right and that's i'm not right. familiar with what's going on with him but he's just uh, uh, it's weird because like a lot of people online he they did a short tour of america um about a month ago and some of the footage had him and he's just totally singing off key uh out of time um really looking like he's struggling he's holding on to the microphone stand like for dear life to get the pressure to be able to to sing and some people were saying you know, he's he's 60 years old. He's been singing for like 40 years. And then some people are going, oh, but he's a legend. And I, I actually put out on Facebook, I said, I don't know how to feel about this. Because if you're spending $100 to go and see somebody that yeah. you say, say that you absolutely idolize, are you spending the money to see them? Or do you want a good show? Which, which Because I would be pissed off if I went to a show and... Like I say, after the show, after the podcast, Anna, just put in uh, on YouTube and just have a listen because it is so sad. It really is because he's had an amazing voice for so many years. Mm. And then I did a deep dive. I look back at 2005, I think it was, when it was that Live 8 concert uh, and listened to him singing Living on a Prayer and it was like note perfect. Then I jumped five years, still sounded pretty good. Then I went to 2015 and he sounded like he was just wavering a little bit. Then I went to 2020 and you could tell that there was something wrong. And then, the, the, the you know, it, it's so sad. And then I listened to Paul McCartney as well. And Paul McCartney's voice is just, it's not there anymore. But again, you've got a chance to see Paul McCartney. Do you pay the $100 and say, mm. I've seen Paul McCartney? Or do you want him to be blasting the hits out like like you remember? It's, it's such a hard thing. Because I think they were saying that he's doing a gig... Paul McCartney in Florida, and it's like $450 a ticket. <laughs> and you think, well, for $450 a ticket, I want them to dig up John Lennon so that we can have him <laughs> playing as well. Because that's the I, I agree with money. you. You know, I agree with you on that. It's so hard to see somebody who has taken a, a downturn mm. and not being able to perform. And then my head will go to, well, maybe they really are unsure because they financially need it. Because exactly. <laughs> their health um i recently saw the eagles and i'd always said that i wouldn't see the eagles um without glenn yeah well the company i'm with was able to give us seats so my husband and i were able to see it and that is it's in the top five of all-time concerts now right so is it was it glenn's son still glenn's son was there yes and it was it was magical i can imagine so good 
and it, like everyone was crying and just, you know, and it was the middle of COVID. So it was fun, but scary, but I was in a box. So I was a little happier. Wow. But, I, I would love to see. I mean, my my dad's a massive Eagles fan. I love the Eagles as well. I think, but they're another one of those bands that it's so expensive to go and see them play. Because I think they're yeah. playing. Aren't they playing England in the summer? I think they're playing Anfield, aren't so. they? Yeah, they've got I a couple believe. of gigs, haven't they? Yeah, one of the it's something like three hundred, three hundred pounds, two hundred and fifty pounds a ticket to go. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't justify it. But uh, but yeah, I agree, and that's a great song, Neil. Well done. Uh, my number seven, um, I don't know if this, this was a one-hit wonder. Um, it was on uh, a compilation album called Now That's Called Music Volume 2, which they're now at 113, I think, way back in the 80s. Uh, this is a song called Bird of Paradise by Snowy White. Now, it's a beautiful song. I really feel like I shouldn't say anything, just let you listen. this one myself it's just it's it's one of those songs like we said earlier on that like could slip down the crack it, it wasn't a massive hit it wasn't and I, I think it was because i was collecting the now that's what i call music mm. compilations and i heard this song and it's just beautiful it is a beautiful song with some and he's a guitarist i think he was in like a big band and it was just his solo mm. stuff what was his name again Snowy White was his name. White. I don't think it was, that was his actual name. It was like a no, no, but it's a I think it was, right. No, I don't know that one. But it's a beautiful song, and it's it's a little bit. I would equate it a little bit, a little bit like a Dire Straits kind of Brothers in Arms type Ooh, of vibe. Song. Um, but I was I was sat here on whenever it was during the weekend, just looking at my preliminary prelim, preliminary. Oh God! Pre, what did you say it? My first list. Was, <laughs> my first list. And there's this song and another song that's a little bit further up in my top ten. And I genuinely like started crying listening to the song. I'm such oh, a wuss. No. But it's it's a beautiful song. It is a beautiful song. I love it. Anyway, uh, enough of that. Let's get on to uh, number six with you, then, please, Anna. Definitely reconsidering this one right now, but I'm just going to go with it. It's World Destruction by Time Zone. Have you ever heard it? No. World just dawned Destruction. on me. You may not be familiar with it. Okay. No, I don't know that one. Time Zone. Okay. So what sort of? So when you had your school dances. Yeah. It's in the yeah, eighty-five. Um, eighty-five. It was, yeah. but when you had your school dances, did they do like the the smoke on the dance floor? So when you're dancing, it's like the the fog machine, if you will. No, we basically. No, I just asked, remember the fog machine in this song. So our, our school discos basically consisted of a couple of flashing lights and a cheap record deck. Yeah, in the sports hall, <laughs> and, and they only had they three did. records that they'd play over and yeah, over they, again. They'd expect the students to bring their own records in. Is this the one? Is this a song featuring John Lydon and Africa Bambada? So there you go, it's John, okay. John Lydon. So it's like I'm a fan of John Lydon. Yeah. There you, you go, Neil. No, I'm gonna I've, make a note of that. I've never, never heard of this before in my life. <laughs> Can't so be this, a bad this thing. Is well, I'm glad I didn't this is what your school dances used to be like, then Anna. Oh, it used to be everything. So you'd have, you know, it would ebb and flow with the the slow Madonna songs, right? The slow dancing, and then. You'd have your faster songs and everyone was dancing in a circle or something silly like that. And 
from this to to Prince and Joy Division and New Order, it was everywhere. Wow. I, I can't say... And we had DJs. I we, we did spend the money on the dances to have DJs, and we'd even, and you're familiar with K-Rock, we'd have, you know, uh, Jed the Fish did one of our dances, a Swedish really? Eagle did, uh, yeah, and Eagle's just, he's my all-time favorite, don't tell Bean that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but yeah, he did, and uh, I think Richard did a few as well. So that's the good thing about being just outside of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that's different I mean, not so much now because the things like the the end of year or end of school prom is something that's definitely taken off in this country a lot more, Neil, hasn't it now? Yeah. You yeah know, it's, so it's, it's more of a big do, whereas, I mean, I can remember there used to be school discos on a Friday night, but it just used to be... I used to be frightened of them because they used to be so dark and then people just... But I mean, they would be dancing to ska music so it'd be like loads of people yeah. just kicking each other that's all they were yeah. doing they weren't dancing were they yeah, the we world... were just dancing in in fancier clothes but ours ours was at the bonaventure in downtown los angeles oh right so it's that big round looking hotel that it's you know it's in the the skyline so whenever you see movies and stuff i always say oh there's where i went to the prom yeah <laughs> yeah it's a different world so we, we just have For sure some pickled onions and a packet of crisps and everyone trying to stamp on each other and you're there in big skyscrapers having yeah. fun. Or a band dance. Yeah, oh God. A country dance in the other yeah. that. Oh God, yeah. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right um, go on then, Neil, you're number six. So this um, comes from the album they did after Roger Waters left. It was Pink Floyd on the turning away. It's um, the ballad from uh, Momentary Lapse of Reason. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. What's the, um, what's the song called? On the Turning Away. On the Turning Away. What album is that off of? Momentary Lapse of Reason. Okay. It was a single. Um, it's the one they did. It was the first album they did with Just Gilmore at front uh, without Roger Waters. Um, I got it, to see... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's a lovely, lovely track. It's written by Gilmore. It features a lot of his beautiful guitar playing. And it, I didn't think I was going to get into Pink Floyd once Waters left. I thought the dynamic had gone. Personally, I I, I think they that it worked. I got. You're about to say you got to see him. I got to see him twice as well in '88. Yeah. Well, so not Pink Floyd per se, but I saw Roger Waters at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. And then I saw David Gilmore at the Hollywood Bowl. Okay. Well, right. Oh, but my husband's a huge Pink Floyd fan, so I've been indoctrinated. Yes. So Pink Floyd and Rush have come along with the marriage. It's, <laughs> it's not a bad thing to be indoctrinated. No, into. not at all. But which tour was it of Roger Waters? Was it um, Us and Them, where they did the big um, prison? It movie? was... It had to be somewhere in the early 2000s. Right. Um, And I want to say he was redoing The Wall. For some reason, that sticks in my head. He did a lot of that it, was yeah. played in the big, what preacher was that that came down on some slide yeah. and just scared the <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a night. So, but yeah, really I think good. visually they're they're live. They're just they were probably one of the best live bands in the world. They really absolutely. Were. Um, and we try to check out Brit Floyd every time they're here at Red Rocks because that's a show. It is. Yeah. They are they are beautiful. They also say the Australian Pink Floyd um, tribute band, if you ever get to see them, are probably the closest to hear... Oh, you have. Yeah. The closest to hearing Pink Floyd, don't they? Um, but I don't think anyone can 100% replicate Dave Gilmore's guitar playing. No. Um, I, I adore Gilmore. He's 
just fancy him. So. so yeah, but I just think it's a lovely song, great album, and it was a it was a nice surprise. I was worried about this album when it came out. Uh, like I said, I really was, but it turned out all okay, all okay, and it's a great <laughs> song. It's a good. It's an easy album to get into if you've never listened to Floyd. Pav, over to you. Did they play this one live when you went to see them? I honestly can't remember, Neil. I can't remember. <laughs> I've tried. I've I've given Pink Floyd a go. I have listened to a few of the songs and stuff, and it, it was mm. nice. It was good. I mean, I just need to listen to more. I'm just. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that they're. I'm not saying they're no good. I mean, the first time we spoke about them way back, I think in the bands episode. Yeah. I just went, yeah, yeah, okay. But I've given them a try. I like yeah. them a lot more than, say, things like Radiohead and things like that, <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt. Well, um, But I'll give that one, I'll give that a listen. I will give yeah, that Yeah, it's a nice song. It's a lovely song. What was it called again? <laughs> On the Turning Away. On the Turning Away, right. I'm going to have to make you a um, playlist. Please do, Anna. Please yeah, do. Yeah, do, Anna. Yes, do that for me, and then I will, I will listen I'm, to it. I was with you in, in the sense of, I couldn't get into Pink Floyd the first time it was trying to be introduced to me. Right. So it was probably about 88, 89, and there was a boy. Um, and I was like, yeah, bro, no, this isn't, this music isn't working for me. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I met my husband and he really loved them. So songs like Us and Them and Money and just they're profound to me. So, And I think it's that thing when somebody says to you, these are brilliant. You should listen to these. It almost puts a barrier up straight away because yeah. it, you're sort of going, well, no, I'd rather discover it by myself. And But mm. then we say, no, 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 this is great. This is really, really good. But I will. Yeah, if you want to do me a a, a, a playlist, Anna, that would be fantastic because then that means everything that I need. He's to... in a playlist. So I put my top 10 in a Spotify playlist. I can send you guys the link. Awesome. That'd be yeah. wonderful. So you don't, you don't have to, you know, write it down. That would be awesome. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That would be awesome. Right, okay. My number six. I think that this is not just in the 80s, but I think this is one of the most perfect pop songs ever. Uh, and it's What Have I Done to Deserve This by Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. Yeah. I think I tried to pull this song apart because there are so many different melodies and counter melodies and the, what the bass is playing and what the horns are playing. And, and then it goes to having two different voice parts. It is a fantastic song. And for me, like I say, it's one of those perfect... Although the, the other song I thought... I think Footloose is a perfect pop song. Yeah. Maybe, maybe rock or whatever, but because it's got everything in it that you need, it's really, really catchy. And it isn't in my top 10, although it's an 80s song. But this song... It has a formula. It definitely has a, form- has a formula. This is very progressive on a poppy level. Yeah. It's, this, this was mind-blowing when it came out. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I think this was from the... Was this from the Actually album, I think? I think it is, yeah. And it had Rent on there as well, which um, is another one of those four-chord songs. Mm. So good. Yeah, oh, my God, it's just amazing. And I listened to the Actually album about a month ago, and there isn't a bad song on that whole album. It is just phenomenal work. Um, But this song, for me, again, like I said, one of the perfect pop songs ever written. Have you um, listened to their new song with Mark Ullman? I haven't, no. Good? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not oh, sure right. yet. I'm not sure. I, I liked it. Did you? I, you know, it's going to take time to wear, wear on you, but, and, and I'm, I love Mark Allman, but, um, ne- well, I won't give it a word. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> to me, it was, it, some of their stuff was very cliche when it came to the States. It was like that song that was always played every time you went somewhere. And that I was, okay, I'm over it. But I, I adore him. Like, yeah. and memorabilia is probably one of my favorite songs that didn't make this list now that I'm thinking about it. There we go. There That's go. the problem. There That's the go. problem. Um, right. Okay. We need to so... change this to the top 100 of everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just do like a 10 part. We should do a 10 part podcast. Oh, this one could keep going. We could, it could a whole year every night. Easily. We? And we uh, haven't crossed then... over yet, have we? We haven't. We, we haven't, haven't. had one yet. Yeah. No. Uh, right. So your number five, then, please, Anna. My number five is, and I hope you guys know these folks, Bronski Beat Y. Oh, yes. 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 Jimmy Somerville. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. just adored them. It was such a great song and still is. Yeah. I think it still holds up. And I'll play this um, 
when my niece does come to visit and she'll hear my music. So I'm in Colorado, she's in California. And she'll, oh, auntie, that's good. And this is a, a 19 year old that's never heard. And I'm like, huh? what is your mother doing raising you? How is she not showing you this? He's another one of those guys that you you know as soon as he starts singing who that is. There isn't anybody mm. that's got a voice like Jimmy Somerville. Um, yeah, I actually liked a lot more of the uh, the Communards stuff than Bronsky beat, I have to admit. But um, mm-hmm. again, another fantastic pop song. You can't. Yeah, it's a great pop song. You can't deny it without a shadow of a day. What was their other big? Oh, Small Town Boy was the other yeah. one. That's probably their biggest one, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. Although I prefer yeah. this one, I think this is, this yeah. is my favourite. Had a resurgence, didn't it, Small Town Boy? Because it was featured in Grand, the last Grand Theft Auto game. Oh, was it? Where it made its way back in the charts and everything. Yeah. Well, there you go. Mm. Are they still going, or is it Jimmy Summer just doing stuff on his own? I Bronx don't TV? know whether he's even doing stuff Not, that much because he did, was like the um, he's like the dean of the London School of Music or something now, Jimmy Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, wow. so, yeah. Because we spoke to, obviously, Richard... Um, Richard Coles. Coles from the Communards. Reverend Richard Coles. Well, that's what we should yeah. say. And he was a great a great guy, wasn't he? He really was. He was, he was very nice to talk to. Well, I was talking about um, shagging someone from behind to him, which I don't think he appreciated, did he? Mm. <laughs> I've listened back to that and his uh, whole demeanour changed after, I can't remember what I was saying, I was thinking <laughs> something to do with uh, a comedy show, but uh, but yeah, I don't think we'll get him back as a as a guest, I don't not for a while. Uh, I don't mind you talking about shagging somebody from behind him. <laughs> <laughs> does not scare me. Oh dear. Well, well, you wait to hear what songs he's coming up in his top four. <laughs> yeah. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number five. So, New Order, Blue Monday. What else can you say? I think we're talking about classic, classic pop songs. I think this is uh, probably the maybe one of the yeah electric style songs I've got on my top 10 there should be more but I don't think this is aged I think this is pure pure classic um it was obviously huge in America as well as here and they're still going strong new order um yeah, yeah. but I I, I I I was gonna say I just thought this was the um their best song. I think it still is their best song they've ever done. What were you going to say, so Sariana? It, it was a very it was a very good song. The only unfortunate thing for me with this song is when I was um, in my first year of, of high school, I was in the um, drill team or dance team, if you will. And this was the song that they used for the, for the routine. So I heard it no less than 13 times a day every day that we practiced oh, and then you had to practice on your own so the first i think uh 90 seconds of the song is just like ingrained in my head just <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, right there. there yeah. is such a thing as hearing a song too much we spoke about it before it yeah it really is yeah and i think that is with that with this this one for yeah. me because it's on like so many like commercials and it's always on yeah. the compilations of everything. Do you yeah. ever get a little sad when you see something on a commercial and then it's altered a bit and you're like, ah, it's sold out. I'm fed up with these slowed down versions of everything. That's exactly yes. what I was going to say. Oh, the acoustic Jesus. little oh. with the, yeah, no thank you. Yeah. Just stop already. Yeah, it like the Maybe we piano. should do the top 10 worst commercial acoustic covers. Well, there you go. Anna, you're booked <laughs> in for the next, we'll do that next time you come and join us. 
We've got that one already sorted now. There you go. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I'm the same with you, Neil. It's a fantastic song, but I think I've just heard it too many mm. times. Like you said, Anna, it just ends up where it's like so ingrained in your head that you you don't listen to it. It's sort of just there in the background. But it's a great you. song. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dare we say the I word, but it's an iconic mm. 80s song, you know, electric, electro pop, whatever you want to call it. Uh, okay, my number five. Um, I think Neil has chosen this one before um, for another top 10, but I can't remember what it was for. It's In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. Oh. Uh, from so, yeah, I, I, I picked the album. That's right. Uh, yeah, that's um, right. Although writing it down, I put Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush. Well, it wasn't, was it? That was Don't, Don't Give, give Up. <laughs> but this song. Now, what film was this in? Is this this is the one with say John anything. Cusack? And the, no, say anything. John, John Cusack. Cusack. Oh yeah, with the yeah. Ghetto Blaster, wasn't it? Yeah, say anything, or is, or is it say anything? Something like that. Isn't it's, it? it's say anything. Yeah, I was thinking of Desperately Seeking Susan, but I think that had something else. From into him the in groove, it. Um, it? That was the one where Madonna. Madonna. Was with Rosanna Arquette. That's it. But yeah, it, it, we need a John Cusack top ten. Playlist. Oh yeah, we can do that. There you go. You've got your <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> not inviting myself back. I'm just thinking of these things because every time he's in a movie, that soundtrack is kick ass. Mm. So I just maybe I, I'll tweet him and I'll ask him can I have his Spotify name? There you so go. I can follow his playlist. We'll do yeah. that. We'll but that. a great, great song. This in your eyes. I think it's just yeah. It's it's, the, it's my favorite song off of that album. Um, but he's so prolific in regards to the songs that he does. Yeah, you know he doesn't do bad songs. That's the thing with Peter Gabriel. That's why it takes him ten years an album. <laughs> I know, I know. But um, yeah, there's it's very close between this one and Don't Give Up. That's probably why I put. Um, but I, I love seeing this one live. If you ever do get, if he ever tours again, which uh, when he does this one live, it's always the encore, and he brings every support act up on stage with him to sing it with him. Right, it's, it's an uplifting experience. It's it's amazing seeing this. And didn't live. he write it for Rosanna Arquette? Isn't that the the story that they were? Oh, they she were, was rather they young, were, I believe. They were still, together. And they, they together. started dating, and he wrote the song for her. Just being on, like if. Whoa! If somebody was to write that for me, oh my lord! So she's so she had Rosanna by Toto was written for her as well. Her as well, it? yeah. Really? Yeah. So she's Girl. like the eighties version of um, Patty. What's her name? That George Harrison was. Oh. Mm-hmm. Patty, I can't remember because because but... something was written about her, and then Wonderful Tonight was written about her, and yeah, and these music. Well, and you things. know when I was well, you wouldn't want to hear this. So I'll tell Neil when I was coming out of the Radiohead concert, <laughs> we were all funneling out at the Greek. So you go down into a you're in a wide area, and then you come down really narrow. So it's just human bodies pre-COVID. So we're all up in each other's face, and this woman grabs my arm to stabilize herself. It had already been a celebrity-filled night with just running into people. And she grabs my arm and I look up at her to catch her. And it was Rosanna Arquette. Wow. Really? And I said, wow. oh, you're good. You're good. And so we walk out. So we walk to the, like, five, ten more steps. And she's like this. And I'm just, <gasps> I'm never washing my elbow again. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, she's, she's something special. Yeah. Fair play. That's very Fantastic. good. Very good. Okay. Uh, so, Anna, you're number four then, please. Oh, got your mid-gulp. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Um, <laughs> okay. I would, I would imagine you know these guys. 
uh, Mad World by Tears for Fears. Okay. Fantastic song. That would have easily been in my list again, but I had to narrow it down. So uh, Tears for Fears, big fan of Tears for Fears in general? or Pretty big fan. I'm not... And I like the remakes that people do too with, with their music and what he's come up to do with his daughter. Um, they, they're just so good. Mm. I just, I, you know, I never had the opportunity to, to see them, but um, and I probably couldn't afford the tickets now if I did. <laughs> I, I do, I know they're going to be here in Colorado. Um, and I want to say they were like 250, 225 at this one pavilion that they're at and just yeah no thank you i'll just watch some more videos but well, they're it playing was... local to here um in july come on over. nice come on <laughs> over. oh okay great that'll probably work out cheap that only than... cost me about a couple thousand dollars extra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it would be so, a great time it's only money that. yeah so there you go so that gig that i saw pink floyd um back in the early 90s tears for fears were the opening act oh, were no they? way yeah it was tears for fears then it was Phil Collins, then it was Phil Collins and Genesis, then it was Elton John, then it was Paul McCartney, and then it was uh, Pink Floyd. That was what the what that was lineup, what, you know, eh? Yeah, yeah. It was a Nordoff Robbins silver cleft, like a Live Aid kind of thing. But it was amazing. Yeah. Oh, okay. lineup. Yeah, until Pink Floyd came on, and obviously. It, or went downhill but it's not how many joking <laughs> but that was I tell you what that was a perfect example I had so many people when I went to that gig when they, they knew I was going said oh Pink Floyd just you can't wait until the lasers and, and the music so I was there once Paul McCartney had finished he was amazing finishing in Hey Jude and the crowd were all pumped up and I thought right come on then Pink Floyd show me what you got and then they, but nothing sort of grabbed me. There were some lasers going on and I was really, I think people had hyped it up to me so much. Mm. that I was going, come on, right, this is going to be amazing. And then it started and I was like, oh, okay. And it's sort of like, then it coloured me for the rest of my life about what Pink Floyd should be, which is probably wrong. A shame. But there you go. Never mind, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, Neil, you're number four, please. Uh, so Guns N' Roses, Sweet Child of Mine. Um, it's an absolute classic. It's an absolute banger. I probably listened to it far too many times, but it changed heavy metal, uh, this song, to me. It brought on the likes. For sure. It really did. I mean, it was something new. I, I was lucky enough to see them before they got super big in a little club called The Marquee in London. Um, I, they, yeah, they changed. They had, they had influence and changed. Now, we all know the stories that he became a bit of a prick and or he was a prick, and they all fell out. But they're back together now, and I haven't seen them since they're back together. Friends of mine have seen them a couple of times and said they're back to their former glory. It's, it's fantastic. They put a three-hour show on, and away they go. Um, but is it the song, full original band, is it, Neil, that's, that's back? I think there's one band member missing. I can't remember which one, but that's due to issues. Is Stephen? Could be. Stephen I'm, I'm Adler? Really much, yeah, it could he's, be. He's a drummer. Yeah, yeah, because of, you know, personal demons and things. Yeah. yeah. But when I first heard this song, I'd never heard anything like it before. It, it sounded new. It sounded fresh to me. Um, I could well be wrong. and People could change and say, no, this was out before. But to me, this changed everything. This this kick-started Motley Crue to be as big as they were, other bands to come in and try and copy. Um, 
It's not my favourite Guns N' Roses song by any means, but unfortunately my favourite Guns N' Roses song is a 90s song, so we'll have to do the greatest 90s songs. Oh, we will, I'm sure. And I'm sure Anna will join us for that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It'll just be Oasis and Stunt Double Pilots and Alice in Chains, so we can just leave it there. There you go. go. Done. (laughs) Done and dusted. But yeah, but it's another one of those ones that I think has been overplayed and overkilled. Yeah. Um, Alas, but it's still it, there's no denying it's a classic. Do you like this song, pal? Yeah, I love this song. Yeah. Oh, I love this song. The whole album. Oh, Appetite the whole album is just every song has a different memory for me. So it's mm. so good. Have you two ever made it to the Rainbow Room on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles? No, we haven't. We were we mm. we had a business trip back in 2013, 2014. 14, we had a, yeah. we had a week uh, in Los Angeles. And uh, that was one place we never got to, wasn't it, Neil? No. Oh, you you have to do. It's just to think of so many people that have, you know, that's where uh, they say uh, Lemmy had his mail delivered because he was there so often. Oh, right, <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, everyone would go there before or after they would play at the um, at the Roxy or the Whiskey. So it's it's a really special place. And, mm. you know, the mm. food's all right. The pizza's okay. Well, we did go and have a, have, have a meal at Cantor's, didn't we? Which apparently yeah. is where Guns N' Roses oh, used to hang yeah. out. Yeah. Um, Definitely have to eat at Cantor's. Yeah, yeah, we ate there. That was nice, actually. That was very nice, yeah. Mm. I should have used the toilet when we finished, but uh, that's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bad things but, nearly um, happened. But, yeah. Uh, that was that was that was an experience. That was a great place because it's twenty four hours, isn't it? Cantor's. Cantor's, yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of good. diners in California. Or the mm. states that are open twenty four hours. So, but it was great to see all the pictures, the memorabilia up on the walls of Guns and Roses. And that. Yeah, it was fascinating. Fascinating. Mm, absolutely. Okay, uh, my number four. We're getting very soppy again. Um, and this is one of the songs, again, that when I was listening to it, made me cry. But uh, it's Don't Know Much by Linda Ronstadt and Aaron oh, Neville. Wow. And oh. I absolutely... There's something about Linda Ronstadt's voice, although she doesn't kick this song off, that just gets me every single time. I promise I won't cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just watching you. But there's a specific note that she hits that for some reason for me is just just pure emotion and this is a real soppy song i know it is but it's just, it's just a gorgeous song and this is probably if we did if we ever did top 10 love songs would be up there for me as one of the top love songs ever written yeah um i'll, I'll point out what that but she's got an amazing voice it's so she has. it's just like velvet mm. Did uh, was this used? What, was this used in a movie? Probably. This is the bit. Listen. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, there's just something about that. She's just a, got a, such a fantastic, beautiful voice. It's unbelievable. Her, it's her song "Somewhere Out There" is the song that, for me. That's the it other one. Even as a, it was in uh, what was it, American Tale. That's and right. That That's right. Movie. Yeah. It yeah. was. And as a young girl, I was like, I'm never going to get a boyfriend. And I hear that song <laughs> and I think maybe there's someone out there. And then, real quick, I met Mike online in '99. So he could have been a psycho killer that murdered me, but turns out he wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was in Canada. So we had, it was, you know, this whole thing. And just 
we would always talk about the moon and just look up at the moon because it's the same for both of us. So I'm oh, having a cry. That is so sweet. There's me thinking oh. I'm the one that's going to cry. And uh, I can get sappy. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. That's, that's a beautiful story. It is. That is so lovely. Oh. oh, I think we should just finish the podcast there. It doesn't get any yeah. better than that. <laughs> I need oh, to oh, that is beautiful. That, that is, is beautiful. so sweet. Oh dear, right. Yeah, 23 years later and just, you know, go away. That, that, is, the, that is the power of music though, isn't it? That is the power of music. That oh, music always. A, a piece of music that can that make you feel these different things and make you just tie in with somebody else, even though you're not like together i think that's beautiful well, I don't know. that it, is absolutely beautiful transcends time and and brings back emotion so yeah without a shadow of a doubt <sighs> anyway your number three please anna let's get the, <laughs> my number yeah. three uh okay, the eyes dry. Go with, uh, finally going with depeche mode and uh route 66 oh okay and, I and for this one. side note i wasn't music for the masses at the rose ball so that was with omd and thomas dolby and depeche mode and uh, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And Richard Blade, you know, hosted MC the whole night. It was a fantastic oh. night. Uh, the lead singer, what's his name? Um, Dave. Dave Gone. Dave yeah, Gone. he's just turned 60, hasn't he? Recently. Yeah, his birthday was just, uh, what, day before yesterday, I think? Yeah. 60. Yeah. He always looked really young, no matter what. I mean, you mm. see, like, early, early footage of Depeche Mode. He looked like he was 12, didn't he? he? Did. Totally. And, they, and I think, what was the album where he, he ended up sort of like dirtying himself up a little bit, didn't he? He had a bit of face and um, hair and he had his hair all long. Was it Violator or something like that it was called? It was probably viol- the Violator Yeah, era. Personal Jesus yeah. and all of that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. It was a really yeah. bit more of a harder edge to their music. And I really, whichever album the Personal Jesus came out of, fantastic album. Mm. So good. They um, not really kept up with yeah. that stuff, but... I think Black Celebration will always be my favorite mm. album, but um, it's it's all good. I didn't realize what a big fan I was of theirs until I, my neighbor was like, oh, look at my tattoo, because he had a Vilear tattoo. Unfortunately, um, he was in the Army, and they told the guy to do something else, so it says Violate Me with the Violator album cover. Um, Which, you know, he laughs about it today. He's met the band because of it, so he's he's enjoyed um, some good stuff with that poor tattoo, but yeah, I gotta admit it. And I've heard nothing but great things about them live. So I've seen them at the Rose Bowl, and then I saw them at, I think it was Universal... Gibson Amphitheater at Universal Studios in Los Angeles and so good. Yeah. This uh, this is a, a cover, isn't it, of like an old is it a Chuck Berry song or something like that, I think. Because I remember, I, I, I recognise this song from Cars, the Disney Disney song, <laughs> Disney movie that my grandson absolutely loves and this is it's a song that they okay, do. Okay, I end. was going to ask if you have children because these references to some of the movies, I'm like, oh yeah, no, I've I got, don't have I've got kids, grandchildren. so I don't know a lot of the younger, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's my, my grandson is, uh, loves Cars, absolutely adores Aww. Cars and that's that song is the song that plays at the end of of the first Cars movie, so, oh, that's interesting. But that's, that's yeah, I, I love Depeche Mode. Everything Counts, I think, is my favourite song of theirs. And Personal Jesus, obviously, yeah. which I said it on. Uh, go on then, Neil, you're number three. So, Joy Division, Love Will Tear Us Apart, just scraped into the 80s. Um, Ian Curtis. We finally crossed over. Is, oh, you've got one. <laughs> we got one. 
There we go. Uh, so what number is that on yours then, Anna? You told me I couldn't say. Oh, right. Oh, I couldn't right. Oh. <laughs> okay, we'll let you talk about it in a minute, maybe. <laughs> but I Fair won't enough. say too much. I mean, it's a classic number. You can see where the uh, New Order came from, um, the sound and how they evolved. Ian Curtis, what a tragic, sad loss. I know his voice isn't to everyone. Uh, there's many people that can't take it. Um, I would have put Atmosphere on there, but that's not an 80s song. Just What, the Russ Abbott song? No. Oh, no. Sorry. Anna, Anna no, won't know who Russ Abbott is. Don't worry about no, it, Anna. No, no. But, okay. um, yes, I would recommend anyone giving Joy Division a go and see whether they like it. I would understand if people didn't, because, like I say, Ian Curtis's voice wasn't for everyone. I thought, personally, it was beautiful. I thought it was magical. Yeah. I, it, I, I adored it, so... I'm in the other column. I, I think his voice is terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a bit like Nick Cave, isn't it? And Tom Waits yeah, and people it, like that. You know, yeah, you either yeah. love them or you don't. Yeah. I understand it. I'm in the I'm in the love it camp. I like it. And that's I'm what music's around. all about, Neil. Mm. That's what music's all about. Absolutely. Totally. Um, okay. My number three, uh, absolute classic. It's Africa by Toto. Great song. Uh I was listening to this on the way home from work today and um, I think the first time I ever saw the video, I thought it was Steven Spielberg in the video, <laughs> the lead singer or one of the lead singers of Toto because he had the beard and mm. it looked like it was Indiana Jones. And I thought, my God, Steven Spielberg's singing a song <laughs> and then realised it wasn't Steven Spielberg. There's um, nothing that man can't do. <laughs> there's nothing that man can't do. I know, he's amazing. He plays the keyboard and everything. Uh, but it's one of those songs that I think um, is it's an indestructible song. Weezer did a version, I think, they did, years ago, yeah. didn't they? Or just yeah. um, and I remember seeing the, the the live version when Weird Al Yankovic came on and was playing the accordion while they were singing it live, which was fantastic. But it's a it's a classic song. I've loved it. I think it was early eighties it first came out. Yeah. Um, and then famously the the that went viral that Mike Massey did a version in a pizza like an acoustic version that we got to speak to him didn't we yeah and uh, that was a, that's a lovely version yeah millions of views on i'll put that on the uh on the video playlist as well because that's it's just one guy with a guitar one guy with a bass and they just in a pizza place sing have you ever seen that anna yeah it's, it's, yeah. it's magical the guy's got an amazing voice mm. that mike massey it's just it's just weird because there's probably i don't know 10 people in this pizza place and he rocks out this amazing version the vocals are just fantastic um and i think even people from uh, toto actually had seen it and and he's gone on to doing loads of massive gigs and stuff now but uh yeah that's my number three okay anna your number two then please my number two is by missing persons mental hopscotch is that another LA thing that I think so? Well, be I've not okay. heard of that. I'll wait for you to cue it up. It's a hopscotch. Uh, did you say mental hopscotch? Oh, mental hopscotch. Okay. Tell us about it, then, uh, Anna. A uh, pretty big LA band. Um, actually, I have a I have an autographed picture on the wall somewhere, but I can't see where it is. Um, just fantastic uh, K rock type band, if you will, in the early '80s and they just uh mental hopscotch they had another one uh i like boys and uh word 
So it, they have a handful of really great, catchy songs. I mean, that's, this sounds like an absolute slice of 80s, doesn't it? It does. It just... That doesn't sound... If there's anything that sounds... that Nothing sounds more 80s than that. That sounds great. I'm going to have to have a listen to that. <laughs> so so did this like, song get to number one? Or was it a massive hit? Or was it a... Um, I don't think it... It made the charts. I don't think it made number one. Um, but... And, and their fame, it didn't last, you know, throughout the whole decade. So it was... They weren't one-hit wonders or anything, but I guess it was more local, you know, just Los Angeles, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So... But I, I like them, and she was a, a very um, pivotal front woman in the sense of she was very avant-garde with her attire, her hairstyle, her color, things like that. So she was she was groundbreaking. Yeah. Mm. That's one to look into then. Well, we'll definitely look into that one. Thank you very much. Uh, Neil, you're number two. So we sort of mentioned this earlier. It's Peter Gabriel, Don't Give Up. Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush, oh, I should say. Um, I put it in there at number two. Uh, like we said, any number of songs from that album could probably be there. But this one is very inspirational to me. It may, you know, when I'm feed, when I'm having one of my glum days, this is an, a lifter-upper, this song to me. It makes you feel a bit better about yourself. I think both of their voices are sublime in this. And... It's just such a beautiful song, isn't it? It's just beautiful. And yeah. I, I think this is Ageless, another one of these timeless classics. So, yeah. And just... there's this mystery with Kate Bush, isn't there? Mm. There's this, this mystery. I was watching the documentary from 1978, I think it was, and it showed her, like, in a, in a rehearsal room for a, a tour she was doing with all these musicians. Mm. And she was only, I think it was only about 20 or something, and she was telling these like proper studio musicians what she wanted, how she wanted it. Mm -hmm. She wasn't happy if she didn't get exactly what she wanted. She knew, but it was just. I think she's beautiful. I think Kate Bush and me, absolutely I, beautiful. I think she was a beautiful, beautiful woman. I know she's uh, again divides people, but I still think she's a beautiful lady. But she's got an amazing voice. That's the yeah. thing. She's got a and voice, a unique. Voice. Yeah, you know exactly who it is when she starts singing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Great artist, but a great song. I don't know. She's no, she did some gigs not long ago. Well, yeah, a few she years did ago, like didn't 14 she? Fourteen nights at the Hammersmith Apollo, and they again sold out. A lot of it was corporate, which she tried to kick back about, and caused a bit of a hoo ha. Because I think it was probably half the tickets went corporate, and she was not happy about it. But yeah, sold out within the day, 14 nights at an iconic venue like that. And that's the last time she played live, I believe. Was it? Mm. Oh, well. Okay, my number two is a song that I have spoken about before Well, on our Christmas songs. Um, I could have chosen Relax. I could have chosen Two Tribes. I could have chosen Welcome to the Pleasure Dome. But here is a song, again, this not just as an 80s song, but this would be in my top 10 of songs of all time is The Power of Love by Frankie Goes to Hollywood. I won't cry, I promise. I'm not <laughs> going to cry. But I don't think there's a... The, 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 when it comes to beautiful songs, everything about this song, it, it, it ticks every box mm. I need. It's a Christmas song, but it's a beautiful love song. The lyrics are amazing. The arrangement 
with the strings and the the vo I mean Holly Johnson's vocals are amazing. Yeah. Um it's one of the greatest songs, well, for me it's the second greatest song of the 80s without a shadow of a doubt. Is why did it become a Christmas song? Because it's not if lyrically it doesn't really sound Christmassy. I think they just re they released it at Christmas. at Christmas, didn't they? They and released the video, it the week the week, the week before Band-Aid was released. Right. So they were number one for one week just before Band-Aid was released. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Band-Aid was number one for five, six weeks. I yeah, think. we sold shed loads. Yeah. yeah. So were, were Frankie Goes Hollywood massive in the USA, Anna? I, yeah, I want to say there was at least four or five to um, chart toppers. I don't know that they made it to one, but definitely... On, on K-Rock, they probably made several at, at number one, so for sure. Oh, right. Because, I, mean, I mean, again, I think Holly Johnson goes around touring just has himself, but I don't think Frankie Goes Hollywood... Uh... That voice is just... Oh, it's amazing. I, I wrote that song down because I I love how you're a little sappy, so I want to go listen to all these love songs. <laughs> I'll do you, I'll do you a, 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 a playlist, Will you make Anna, me a playlist? Just... just... <laughs> Soppy, sappy songs that, um, uh, but that's the thing is, I'm a, a probably renowned for being a little bit too emotional sometimes, and I kneel. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's it's nice because that's what it is, is. but it is, is soppy your... because there are people that don't, yeah. you don't need to see a grown man cry just no, because but... of songs, but it's what no, we but a grown it. man that can cry is is a, a very valuable and cherished thing, so I suppose, yeah, that's very kind of you to say, Anna, right. Before we reveal our number ones, let's stop that for a start. Uh, Anna, will you count down your number 10 to number two, please? Sure. Give me one second here. I pulled my spreadsheet over so I can see everything. So 10 was Stoned Roses, I Want to Be Adored. Nine was Midnight Oils, um, the Dread Heart. I need my old lady glasses one second. <laughs> it's getting that time of the day. Dead yeah. Heart. I don't know why I saw an R and that I knew better. Oingo Boingo Stay. I think that's going to be some homework for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make you an Oingo Boingo playlist. Yep. Uh, seven is Jean Loves Jezebel's Desire. Six, Time Zones World Destruction with uh, Johnny Lydon and African Bombada. Five is Bronsky Beat Y. Uh, four? four is Tears for Fears Mad World and then three Depeche Mode Route 66 Missing Persons Mental Hopscotch at number two okay Neil give us your ten to two please absolutely so at number ten The Cure In Between Days number nine ACDC You Shook Me All Night Long number nine, uh, number eight sorry Fleetwood Mac Big Love number seven U2 With or Without You number six Pink Floyd On the Turning Away number five New Order Blue Monday number four Guns N' Roses Sweet Child of Mine three Joy Division Love Will Tear Us Apart number two Peter Gabriel and Kate Bush Don't Give Up Wonderful. And mine is number 10, Out of Touch, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Nine, Avalon by Roxy Music. Eight, Like a Prayer by Madonna. Seven, Bird of Paradise with Snowy White. Six, What Have I Done to Deserve This? The Pet Shop Boys and Dusty Springfield. Five, In Your Eyes, Peter Gabriel. Four, Don't Know Much, Linda Ronstadt and Aaron Neville. Three, Africa by Toto. And two, The Power of Love, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. So, Anna, 
for today, what is your number one 80s <laughs> song of all time? Uh, Joy Division's Level Terrace Apart. There you go. Great, great song. I'll let Anna speak about it a lot more than I did. Uh, it just, it's a great song, but it, it always comes with such a sense of loss that mm. we didn't get him for longer. So I always think of what, what other music would we be enjoying today from Ian? But mm-hmm. it's, uh, I try to just listen to everything else and, and appreciate what he left behind for us. So it's just a good song. Really Great is. song for any mood. Mm. Do you That's like this song enough. at all, Pav? No, I like this song. Yeah. But I've listened to a couple of other ones, and it just seems like he's out of tune. Right. And I, I think that's. I'm just not. I don't. I'm not in that groove. I don't think this no, song. Fine. I think is fantastic. It's a bit like Blue Monday. Yeah. You've heard it loads and loads of times, but if you really sat and listened to it and picked it apart, you'd realise just what a genius song it is. Mm. So it's definitely well worth. The, the number one spot although it wasn't in my top 10 obviously but, but yeah. yeah great great choice uh go on then neil you're number one so anybody that knows me or listen to uh, music things will know that i love a band called marillion especially in the 80s they were my go-to band and people will think i've probably put kaylee well they're wrong it's a song called assassin is my most played song on my playlist it is um from their fugazi album about 1984 uh, I love it. It's got a touch, touch of the Middle Eastern about it, the way it opens, some great guitar work, um, great, great, great lyrics. And yeah, if it was in my Desert Island discs, I'm sure I'd probably pick this one as well. Is there a reason why I can't find... It's a slow build from. at the... Oh, you should be able to get it on there. But it's not called Assassin, it's Assassin. Ah, that might be where I'm going wrong then. How do you spell it? A double S A double S I N G. Ah, right. Let's see if that does it. There you go. There it is. There it is. Let's. Yeah, it's a slow build. Yes. So I would say they're in the prog rock category. If you're ever interested, you know them, do you? Um, no, no, I, I wrote it down because I'm trying to listen and um, I like uh, prog rock, so I'll have to definitely take a, a whirl at it. I would highly recommend their 80s stuff. I, I'm not so in touch with their, you know, once the singer Fish left, I sort of drifted away from them and stayed with the singer. But I just, uh, yeah, this song, it, it's got a bit of groove, it's got a bit of funk, it's got a bit of great guitar work and the lyrics are fantastic i think but, and it's yeah, 23 minutes long this song the opening yeah. is just eight minutes yeah yeah it's about no about seven minutes long yeah but it was a single it was, was it yeah yeah it's a genuine single it was not one of their most successful ones but they did release it i never understood quite understood why Okay, <laughs> but, but it's, it's not a sing. It's not single material. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. If people love their prog rock, I would give them a go. Their early stuff is a touch of early Genesis. You know, Peter Gabriel, Genesis, Anna, and then they sort of progressed a little bit more, and and you, you can hear the change. You've heard the song Kaylee. No, I am not familiar. There you go. You got a little bit of homework to do as well. I then. do, Anna. There you go. Enjoy, please. I hope. 
Well, I will, I'm, for sure. I'm amazed that we've only had one crossover and mm. one duplicate through all of this because you n- neither of you have got my uh, number one as well. Uh, two behemoths of rock and pop, uh, Queen and David Bowie, uh, oh. together for under pre- one of the most recognizable starts to a song ever. Um, and if you ever get ice, a chance, ice baby, ice ice baby, <laughs> that's what it is, Neil. Yes. Okay. Uh, now, if I'd have been really cool now, I'd have gone straight into the rap then. It would have been amazing, but I can't remember what the rap is. So, And that was 90s as well. And so. that was, no, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. It wouldn't have worked. Um, the vocals on this, there is a YouTube video, I think, where it's just their dry vocals instead of yeah. the music, and it is fantastic just hearing I'll them. have to check it out. Oh, my God, it is spine-tingling. It really is. To hear Freddie Mercury and David Bowie with no music at all, just their voices again I'll put it on the I'll put it on the video playlist for this episode um I'll have to send you a picture of my my living room wall I call it my dead wall you have to be dead to make it okay and Bowie is the focal point and this beautiful print of him and I've listened to some of the uh, stuff that's out there like the where they remove everything and isolate his voice I can just cry he he and yeah. Freddie oh. he can bring me to tears yeah yeah and again, as we've said a couple with a couple of people that we've spoken to tonight, you only have to hear one note of them singing and you know exactly who it is. It's not, they're not carbon copies of someone that's come before, which is a lot of the, I sound like an old man now, it's not as good these days as it was back in the old days. But you do feel like a lot of the singers of these days are all, they're on a conveyor belt of mm. the same yeah. kind of singing, whereas these originals just you know exactly who they are when they start singing um and a sad loss and a sad loss both both of them isn't both it? of them uh, i can't like i said i can't believe just just level terrace apart unbelievable this podcast just keeps on giving it's crazy it really yeah. is uh we've got some honorable mentions uh nancy trickle said pet shop boys west end girls depeche mode new dress Thompson Twins, if you were here, camouflage the Great Commandment. Oh, we thought it mm-hmm. was Stan Ridgeway. No, that was no, that was nineties anyway. No, it might have been eighties. No. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had Duran... Stan Ridgeway on my list. I had. Did you? I did. I had a uh, uh, Mexican radio okay. right. on my list. Wow. And I... I bought that. I bought the camouflage single. Uh, Stan. Ridgeway. I think everybody did, didn't they? I, I think, think it was so. the number one actually. Yeah. Uh, Duran Duran, the chauffeur, uh, Stephen Tintin, Duffy, kiss me, uh, and so many more. Nancy said. Uh, Janine Bender said, "Love cats, the cure." Lisa Buchanan, I'm all over the map when it comes to the eighties, which is Plimsolls a million miles away. Oh, Plimsolls, yes. Yeah, there's another one to work out there. Uh, Journey, don't stop believing. Soft Cell, Tainted Love, Jay Giles Band, Centerfold, Chaka Khan, Ain't Nobody, Prince, Purple Rain, Elvis Costello, Veronica. Oh Christ, Elvis Costello! Yeah, Haley from yeah. HD Movie Oops. Podcast said, "Young Guns, go for it." Wham! Paul Spur said, "Duel" by Propaganda, uh, which is an amazing song. Have you ever heard that? Oh, what a fantastic! I had that at twelve inch. He says, "If possible, or close to me by The Cure." Twelve inch, oh, if possible. Uh, thank you, Paul. Uh, Matt Odds said, "King of Rock and Roll," Prefab Sprite, and Kim Mendez says, "It's so hard to choose. Express yourself, Madonna." Kiss. Prince and the Revolution, Rio Duran Duran, Just Like Heaven, The Cure, and Somebody, Depeche Mode. It's a lot of Depeche Mode and a lot of The Cure in there. A lot. I told you, especially they seem to be bigger in America than I think Mm. they even were in the UK, without a shadow of a doubt. 
Um, that's it. We've done it. We've done it. We'll come back next week and we'll do it all again and have completely different top ten. Yeah, or tomorrow. <laughs> or maybe tomorrow. Uh, no, the list I have where I missed. Oh, yes. <laughs> I mean, that'll be that you'll you'll lie in bed tonight. I'll lie in bed tonight and I'll think, shit, there was that one. The one I was thinking of when you said Olivia Newton John, Xanadu. Uh, right, which yeah. is a fantastic song that was like yeah. her and ELO and that I should have had that in my top 10. I think I've had it in a top 10 before. The movie songs. I think it was in my top 10 oh, movie yes. songs. Um, anyway, Neil, tell everybody how they can get in touch and all of that gubbins, please. Of course I can. So you can find us on all the social medias at top 10 pods. So please do give us a click, a like, and a follow. You can email us at top 10 pods at hotmail.com where you can give us all sorts of questions or even uh, categories that we can use in the podcast itself. Come and help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods where you can get rewards such as our episodes super early bonus episodes and uh, behind the scenes, and even a chance to be a guest on your own episode check out all the links via the link tree you can find the link in the show notes and please do come and subscribe leave us a review and a rating wherever you get your podcast from Ka-ching. well done neil that was wonderful anna thank you so much for joining us thank that you was for having me so much fun we've learned so much we've got loads of homework to do um we've got spotify playlist to listen to it's it's exactly what we've done the podcast for is to learn about all these brand new bits of music and information that we can bring up thank you so much we're so glad that you're feeling a lot better now thank Mm. you and um and please say hello to your your drummer husband for us (laughs) bless him and tell him to keep on banging well, I oh, he I should, does. <laughs> maybe I should oh, rephrase wait. that. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'll give you a bell. I'll give you a bell for that. I didn't mean that at all. That came out completely the wrong way. <laughs> Two snorts now. <laughs> no, we've had snorts. We've had crying. It's been a whole smorgasbord of emotions uh, for this it episode. Um, again, please, uh, Anna, very kindly, is a wonderful Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much for your your support, Anna. Pleasure. You guys um, are so entertaining. Oh, bless your oh, heart. Thank you. Bless your heart. Look at that. We can make you laugh. We can make you cry. It's just like I say, just run the run the whole board for emotions. Um, but that's it for this episode. Uh, again, thank you so much, Anna. Uh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Pav. Thank you, Anna. It's been a joy thank to you meet guys. you. And I'll see joy you at the tears. Joy to meet you. I'll see you at the tears. Yes, tier I, when I come over for the concert, I, you know, just scooch over. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. No problem at all. No problem at all. And we'll also be ready for the uh, other two episodes that, that we've earmarked you for oh, as yeah. well. No? <laughs> um, thank you very much, everybody else. And let's go start the countdown. Ten. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.